This is our Vision Sunday. We've been preaching starting last week. Joel, Pastor Joel did a great job on, on opening our series on open heavens. Amen. How many of you were here and enjoyed that message? It was really good. I, uh, I got super, I was listening to it on the way back. We ministered in Yakima last week at Breakthrough Church, had an amazing time. But I got to listen to the message on the way back. It was super good and I got really convicted. I repented, gave my life to Jesus again. Um, no, it was, it was really good. Um, but, but today we're going to take just, just probably about 15 minutes and, and just, we've got some things to do. It's a little, little out of the ordinary. I'm going to preach just a really short message and, uh, that I feel like God's put on my heart, but we want to talk to you about the vision of the house. And we, so, so there's some things that I'm not sure what slides. Okay, there it is. This Vision Sunday. I'm not sure if my slides are going to go up there, so we'll keep turning around and looking at that if we need to. But we have been blessed, and we want to just give you some great news of what God is doing, what God has done uh, in in our in in a, in our com- a church community here. So we want to talk about growth for just a minute. And uh, the I think we've got that. Let's talk about growth. This is so cool. Our staff is so amazing. They're so right on it. So our regular attendees have increased by 25% since 2020 and by 50% since 2019. God is growing. I mean, really, God is growing. And, you know, and part of this, it's, you don't understand how important that you are in this process. There's the power of invitation and there's a power of when, when, when people in our community see that lives are actually being changed, that we're not just kind of walking through some religious dry liturgy and we're here because we have to and we should and it's fire insurance. When they see life, yeah. they see the Holy Spirit moving. It's, it's, it's a draw and what we're, we're, we're exper- experiencing that. So, you know, the metrics show that we've gone from like 655 to 987 people that call this church their home in a couple of years. Amen. Is that good news? Give the Lord a praise for that. How we started was 787. How we ended was 987. Really, it is. some people go, well, what about, what about, I mean, come on, what about, you know, are numbers important? And you know, they are important because numbers, every number corresponds with a person. Yes. Every number yeah. that none should perish, That's right. but have everlasting life. So, you know, maybe you're here and you're going like, oh, there are numbers. Listen, it, numbers are, I believe that God wants heaven to be crowded. Amen. So we see 76 new kids. We see 124 new adults. We see 50 new, 54 new members added in our belong track. You want to talk about our house teams a little bit? We have 41 new house team members. Come on. That is super exciting to me because that means that people are actually getting connected with a smaller group of people. You guys know this. I mean, this is like Church 101 that you cannot connect with every single person in this room. Right. Or in the second service, right? You need to be in a smaller group. So if you're not in a small group, in a house group, totally get in there. 29% of our regular attenders are on a house team. 25% of our serve team are our youth age students. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Man, that that is so amazing. Belong classes, um, we increased our uh, belong classes to six courses uh, uh, each year. And belong is where you can partner with the church. So some people come in and they... 
they just they just kind of want to be here and, and we shepherd and we pastor and then there's some people that come in and they go, we want to be a part of, we want to partner and we want to be what part of what God is building here. So that's our belong classes. 79 people did our belong track. So our belong classes start with a Saturday seminar. We serve you breakfast. We go over the core values of the church. Yeah, we serve you breakfast. Somebody said, what? Um, Indeed. <clears throat> And then three um, consecutive Sundays uh, during during the this, this service here, we we talk about three really important core values um, uh, for for our house here. And last year we had seventy nine people uh, did our belong track uh, house groups. Robbie already talked about house groups, baptisms twenty in twenty nineteen, thirty eight in twenty twenty, twenty twenty one. 22. Okay. I'm not sure why it's down, but we're just going to reach out. We're going to, you know, more people coming into the kingdom. And we've got some ideas too. Sometimes what happens is we, we do baptisms. We've got to kind of spaced out and we're going to try to figure out how to make that a little bit more streamlined so that, you know, you give your life to the Lord. You want to be baptized and we can do that uh, on a more um, consistent basis. Wow. 192 <laughs> new visitors contacted. Do you know that, um, that I am part of the team that connects that connects with new people. And you know what I consistently hear? I consistently hear that um, this house has really impacted their lives in just one visit. That is really big. So that is awesome. Amen. 22. Now this is crazy. Isn't isn't she beautiful? She's so pretty. Uh, That's my daughter-in-law. It's our daughter. Just saying. 22,000 people reached through Facebook and Instagram. Wow. That's a lot. You can make a big difference in a small place. You can make a big difference in a small place. Amen? 70 videos produced with over 5,570 total views. You can make a big difference in a small place. Amen? This is not a small place because we have a big God. And we just want to thank you because this house is full. 92 salvations last year. Come on. Amen. So would you do this? Would you just give yourself a hand for just being partner with what the Lord is doing? Amen. God is so good. Now listen, what we're going to do, we're just going to take a few more moments and we're going to, um, I don't know how many ministries we have in our church, but it's unbelievable what the Lord is doing and it's unbelievable how people are partnering. You know, we're, we're having people that just have a you know, they have a vision for this and we kind of look at it and say that that vision partners with our core values. And and man, we're seeing stuff springing up, you know, house groups and how about Royal Rangers? Come on, somebody. That is amazing. And missionettes. But we're going to ask a, a, a few of our uh, of our leaders, not 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 that they're like special because we just don't have time for all of them. But we wanted to highlight a few of them this time around. And so we're going to ask Josh and Christina Beal to come up and just take a couple of three minutes and talk about children's ministry. This is our new children's directors. Amen. They're doing a great job. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, this is uh, this is amazing. Um, seeing your kids downstairs, uh, it's been a joy to have worked with them for as long as I have, and I've only taken on this role just for a few months, and they're already asking questions like, what does God's voice sound like? And <laughs> they asked some pretty deep ones, like, where, what was here before God? And so I let them know, I'm going to pray before I answer that. Um, and it, it seems to go a little better that way. But 
our vision for this, uh, Stephen and Lisa, I don't know where you are out there, but they are right there in front. Can't see anything, but love you guys. Um, our, our vision is, is partnering with you and everybody else, but you guys most directly, because what happens downstairs right now is going to affect you guys next. Um, I have a real soft spot for youth group for the place that it's had in my life. And I want them to be coming to you um, equipped and not just pumped full of knowledge because knowledge puffs up, love builds up. I don't want to just fill their heads with knowledge. I want to fill their hearts with the love of God. When they come to you guys, they are praying for one another. They're praying for you guys so going good. into service. Amen. I mean, they're getting ready for the mission field. They're praying for one another. They are leading worship. I want them equipped. I want them equipped with love. That's, that's really what our, our vision is. Because I've seen some of the people that I grew up with. I know some of my friends growing up who memorized a thousand verses in Awana. And they got a scholarship to go to college for that. And they've drifted away from the Lord. So I don't want to just fill their heads with knowledge. I want to fill their hearts with love. All right. My part isn't as exciting as his, but my part is to create some fun for the kids as well and to create neat experiences where they just um, get to thrive um, and helping them learn how to serve already. Even at, you know, seven-year-olds can serve um, and they can give back to the kingdom of God and um, also just creating a little bit more organization with our volunteers. We always need more volunteers. So we need a place to come. Um, and just also adding levels of security and better communication with parents. So that's my vision is just creating a great family because we are a family. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Uh, I would like to uh, have Stephen and Lisa Alkire come to the platform and just tell us what's going on in, in uh, HL. Or excuse me. H-Y. Excuse me. Well, it's all, yeah. <laughs> all of it. All of it. Yeah, so, yeah, we're the youth pastors, as many of you know. Um, is that your good side? Uh, we're actually coming up on seven years of youth pastoring and just been absolutely amazing. Um, I just wanted to, I wanted to share a couple things, uh, in the combined year 2020 and 2021, we saw, um, like 131 salvations in two years. It was like, we went from like 50 kids to like a hundred kids overnight. And it was just, it was all God. Um, and so sustaining that is a big, is a big deal. Um, and that is, that's a big part of, of, of what I wanted to say, like, we are always in need of help. If you have any heart for young people, um, you know I have a heart for young people. Kids from 12 to 18, these are the most formative years of their lives. So it's our honor and our, and our privilege to get to uh, walk with them and, and teach them and be there for them. And, and how many know our young people, they need, they need dads, they need moms, they need brothers, they need sisters, they even the ones that have moms and dads and brothers and sisters, they need more moms and dads and brothers and sisters. And, and what we've tried to do is, is create a place where when they walk into the door, they automatically belong. Um, we want to let them know you belong here. This is a safe place for you to be uh, vulnerable, to, to, to like actually walking it closer to God. Um, and so we're if, if you're interested, we're always looking for more volunteers, um, coffee shop, connection center, admin. security team, admin, uh, worship team's a big one. And lastly, before I hand the mic to my, my beautiful, amazing wife, um, I wanted to just say this, that I, I absolutely could not do this without my team, um, our team, um, our, our adult leaders, um, our student leaders. I know our interns have jumped on. We have an amazing team. So I wanted to just everybody like give it up for 
for the youth team because they work their jobs, they go to school, and then every Wednesday they're here and they come and they pour into kids. And so I wanted to say thank you. You know who you are. I love you. He took all my time. That's kind of okay. I'm gonna rude classic. Um, I'm going to talk about our um, house leadership college really quick with you guys. So I'm actually the site director for our internship program right here in the house. Uh, what we do is actually really special, really unique. Uh, ages, I, I don't know, I, I guess you have to have a high school diploma or a GED to do our program. Um, but we, we really just spend nine months seeking the Lord together in worship, in prayer, in our Bibles. We get classes taught like basic doctrine and theology, um, the Holy Spirit. We just go all in about what it means to have Christian values. Um, and it's just such an awesome, amazing foundation for these young people coming into our um, into our church to do our internship program. Something I always say is this isn't for people who just want to be pastors like or go into the ministry. We call it House Leadership College for a reason. We believe that we are called in this house to um, restore, what is it? Oh my gosh, restore, release, and equip our young people in every field that they go into, whether that's a coffee shop or they want to be a baker or whatever, like our passion is just to make sure that these students are learning these uh, leadership tools in their life to do so. Uh, they can choose to remain at home and be housed at home, or they can choose, which all five of our interns right here have done, uh, which is the Bear Paw Housing Program, which is amazing. Uh, they're where they get even more um, opportunity to uh, to do ministry programs, put on camps, uh, just be a part of everything that happens at Bear Paw as well. So we're just uh, really blessed to be able to do this in our house. Uh, we have five interns right now. We are accepting applications for fall of 2022. So, yeah. <laughs> Who am I giving this to now? Myself? Ro Robbie, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, Liberty Williams, would you please, and, and, Dave. and Dave, Liberty and Dave Williams, <laughs> they are going to, they're our, uh, our administrative team for our school, and we look forward to hearing what they're going to say about HLCA. That's fair enough. I am mostly known as Liberty's husband. Okay. <laughs> it's really hard to get the mic away from those pastors. Whew. They start, getting, they start getting grabby, so if I get too close, just, just let me know. All right, first of all, I just want to just give a little bit of a, a heads up uh, or a little shout out to our, our principal, uh, Liberty Williams. Uh, uh, Candace Craddock, who uh, is like my personal hero. Uh, and uh, definitely for Sally Redinger, who just works really hard in our early, early, early learning center and just does a, just a fabulous heart for, for kids. Um, and our staff, uh, and you may not know this, but legally everyone who teaches in our school is actually a minister, uh, legally, uh, because of the values and the biblical uh, foundation that they give and the prayer that they give to uh, the students in our school. Most people don't really probably understand that, but that is, that's legally what they are over uh, a teacher. Our mission is Christian education for Christian families. We really want to, uh, this was founded on the idea that people in the church have children uh, in a world that, as we now know, is increasingly uh, aggressive against biblical values. 
uh, and it's harder in the public forum. Uh, our teachers get to pray for kids, and I don't know how many times in the hallways I've seen that, where we walk down and we see just people in prayer, and you just know that you just can't see that you know, in a public school, and so I hold that very high in value. Our vision, uh, number one, is that we are building first a covered court outside, uh, we're moving forward with that. That's a partnership between the uh, church and the school. It's going to be a basketball court. There's going to be uh, picnic tables uh, for youth and basketball, and everyone's probably pretty excited about that. I'm going to probably have to teach Stephen how to play basketball. Uh, uh, and uh, someone who doesn't get a shout-out enough for the things they do, who's going to be heading all that up, is Mr. Ivan Poizel. He's like the glue who sits in the back, but he holds uh, everything together. Uh, next, we are looking to, in the future, build some classrooms. Uh, just like the church has grown, the school has exploded, and we are about ready to just blow out of the walls. Uh, we have waiting lists on nearly all of our classes. Uh, and uh, also in the future, we'd like to build a gym so our students have a place to play, sports, uh, all the way from preschool, two-year-olds all the way up through 18-year-olds seem to love to play, even 28-year-olds. 30. <laughs> even 30-year-olds apparently still like to play. Um, so that's where we're at right now. I just want to leave you with one little story just about kind of our, our vision and our heart as far as people coming into a house call. If you are interested, come and look at our school. We do a monthly tour where we show our classrooms. And in our last one, we had a mom who came in, and we didn't have room for her student. And at the end of the house call, after walking through and meeting a lot of our students, uh, she was just in tears. And because she couldn't get her child into our school. And talk about, like, Sally comes into my office, and she's crying. And Candy comes into my office, and she's crying. And, of course, at this point, I'm crying. <laughs> and if any of my students are in here, they know that that's not a big deal. I do it all the time. <laughs> uh, but just that, just that heart to see a mom or, you know, and a parent that wants to have their child put into a place where they can be prayed for and cared for and loved, uh, and uh, so we would like to expand so we can fit all those children in. I got it. Yeah. We're going to have Pastor Reuben and Amy come. Pastor Reuben is our worship pastor. And they are heading up a, a exciting uh, new ministry in our church. We just want to give them a chance to kind of share that a little bit. How many of you guys love Reuben and Amy? We love you too. We love you too. Um, yeah, so Reuben, my wife Amy, we're the young adults pastors. We're excited to lead a new ministry. You know, um, I've always been praying about... Um, what we can do together, serve in ministry, and this is a neat opportunity that we get to have and invest in our young adult community here. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I got my cheerleading squad right here now. Um, um, yeah, I just really briefly want to, um, it's, a, it's a new ministry, it's a fresh one. I feel like it's, it's, we're like restarting something, and um, God has blessed us with a, um, a foundational crew already. We have Ivan and Mary Poizel and Christy and Troy Johnson, yeah. who have been praying for this for a while now. 
And um, we've, we've come together. Um, the Lord has revealed to us. He showed us. He gave us three words for a vision for young adults. And um, uh, the first meeting we had with them, um, it was really neat because I, I wanted to share what those words were. And the Lord said, no, hear their hearts first. And when, when they shared their hearts, it was the exact three words. Come on. So it was, yeah, it's prophetic. It's just such a blessing. Um, and we're going to share those words very briefly. And, um, and um, so the words that we have that we got were community, growth, and discipleship. Yeah. Yeah, and or mentorship or coaching has some, you know, we love it all. It's we want to invest in you, right? We want to uh, be a blessing to you and 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 teach you and show you because it is restore, right? Equip and then we release. That's that's what we do. Um, so I wanted to share a verse really quick in Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five. It says, "And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing." but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So this is a very important ministry, and um, we believe in that the gathering is important. Um, it, it's, it's not just coming once a week on, 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 on a Sunday. I know it's easy. It can be. I've, I've done it before. Um, but God wants more. He wants more intimacy. He wants more of the what's going on yeah. during the week, and how are you building your relationship with the Lord? I'm going to let Amy share some more of that. Uh, yeah, so we're just really excited to see what God is going to do with the young adults here. Um, we, we believe that he wants to use the young adult community here to impact the community out there. And one way that, actually two ways, that we want to um, partner with God in doing that is to have house groups specifically for young adults. So we already have some of those going. So if you're a young adult here and you want to get connected into a house group, uh, connect with us after service today, um, HOTL. Uh, on the app, however you want to get <laughs> plugged in, do that. And then we also have our gatherings, our young adult gatherings once a month. It'll be the four fourth Friday of every month for young adults to come together and just have time for worship, word, and wellowship. Wellowship, yeah. Fellowship. <laughs> we just had to make it another W. <laughs> but yeah, so we're excited for what God's going to do in young adults. Uh, Forrest Ang and Angela Tanner head up our House of Recovery ministry, and they're going to come and tell us all about it. Wow, it's bright up here. Can you turn those down? Because, you know, I'm kind of probably blinding people up here. You know, I just say that God made a few good heads and the rest he covered with hair. So here I am. I'm Forrest and my wife, Angela Tanner. We, uh, we've been doing house recovery for, this will be coming up on six years now. And, you know, and 15 years ago, we had a prophecy over our lives that we were called to the down and out and the broken. And, you know, when you get a prophecy, you got to put it on a shelf and you kind of got to put some effort into it. You got to kind of wait for things to develop and, and God's timing things come alive. And we have... When, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. And God has been working in such a mighty way in house of recovery. People in, this, in our congregation that would not be where they're at if it wasn't for coming on Sundays 
and digging in and laying their junk out in front of it, in front of others. Because accountability and getting things in the light, because once it's spoken, the enemy doesn't have any power over it anymore. And then we have accountability with one another. So Sunday is at five o'clock. We meet. Come. It's, it's all about hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We are here to change the, the idea of recovery. It's not about what everyone always thinks it's about. It's about what gets between you and your relationship with Christ. So if there's something there that you would like to get rid of, doesn't matter what it is, come on Sundays. And God is so good. March 9th, House of Recovery is expanding a new campus in Spokane. God just busted the doors wide open and just, I said, Lord, if it's you, just open it up and I will walk through. We will walk through whatever you have us go through. It doesn't matter what it is. And what do you know? He opened it right up. So God is good. Amen. So in Spokane, it's really cool because, you know, we call this area Old Town. We're going to go to Dogtown. Anybody know what Dogtown is? Hilliard. <laughs> I'm so excited because I've been there as a when I was not who I am now today in Christ. So I'm really, I'm God's just awesome. We are also another thing that God's doing, oh my gosh, with House of Recovery guys, is we're gonna start a uh, biblical step study. Okay. He is raising up leaders. I am gonna mention a couple of them that he is raising up. Y'all might kind of know him. One you might know a little more, and that is Tim and Robin. Okay. They are, God is just, you know, when he starts something, he brings the people. We start out with Forrest and I and four people in the room. Tim actually was one of them. Couldn't understand them. It was okay. God could, okay? And no child care. Two years before we had childcare, and we have an amazing childcare provider, Amanda. And she is here every Sunday, no matter what. Sometimes we got to send her home and say, you get some rest. Okay. And the interns were like, hey, we need some help. And boy, they're Johnny on the spot. So it's been amazing. We are so excited and blessed. And this is your guys's house of recovery. It's not ours. This is your guys' house of recovery. We want to see everybody. Five o'clock tonight. This house, we got enough room. We got enough chairs. We, want, we would love to see you guys all tonight. That's good. Awesome. Thank you. All right, just... Uh, So turn to that person next to you and elbow him in the ribs, okay? While we move on. <laughs> You'll need this, won't you? Yeah, I need it. Hey, um, here's, here's kind of a special thing we're going to do. Just come on. Come on, bring it in. I'm going to ask Pastor Mitch McGee to come up and... Uh, Mitch oversees a ministry called New Hope International New Hope Outreach Ministries, um, and they have uh, quite a footprint in the Ukraine. 
which obviously we're all aware of what's happening. We also have another missionary couple, uh, Ruslan and, and Shara, Sharon Bordeen. Uh Sharon's going to be here with us the second service. Um, I just want to give uh, Mitch uh, a minute or two or three to kind of explain what's happening. And then we're going to give you an opportunity to sow, to take an offering that will be, we'll split them between our two uh, uh, influencers that we have, the two people that we know, the two ministries that we know in the Ukraine. And I'm just praying that your hearts would be generous. There'll be a way for you to give up here, but go ahead, Pastor Mitch, and just let us know what's happening. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Robbie. Just so appreciate the house. It's a wonderful place to be able to call home. And that's when I'm not uh, going to churches. This is where my wife and I are able to attend. So we're just delighted to be able to be part of that. Just real quick, New Hope Outreach Ministries is a ministry to widows and orphans, elderly and handicapped in five countries around the world. We minister to the least, the lost, and the lonely. Our ministry comes out of James 1.27, where it says that the religion, the pure religion that our Father accepts is one that visits the widows and orphans in their distress. And right now, there is major distress going on. Five of the countries, two of the countries are Ukraine and Russia. I want to talk about Russia just real quick. I talked to our team lead in Russia just recently. And let me tell you about the people in Russia. They are not for this war at all. The church in Russia is fasting and praying for peace, even right now. So I think it's just an incredible thing. So just, just we want to pray against Putin and his regime because that is the issue. Now our team in Ukraine, normally we're ministering to widows and the elderly and the orphans. We, we visit over 5,000 orphans in the region of Odessa, Ukraine there. But right now they're going as refugees into Moldova. And that's what my team on site is doing, is they're working to bring those refugees from Odessa region into Moldova. And uh, that's kind of the region that we work in there. And so we're bringing the women, the children, the elderly, the handicapped, the orphans out of the country into a safe place. And I just want to just, uh, so we're, we're working to get the money for transportation, for food, for shelter. The churches in Moldova has opened up their doors, and we're able to just uh, really have an opportunity to minister to that. Can we take a moment and just pray over this war? Do you mind as we do that? Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, you are the Prince of peace. And so right now, I pray you would rule and reign. I come against this regime of Putin. I come against it in Jesus' name. We come against it in the name of Jesus, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Topple this regime, even now. I pray for Ukraine. I pray you would continue to raise up Christian leaders. You raise up those in the country that would speak hope, that would speak life, that would speak truth, Lord. And I pray you'd protect them. I pray you'd raise up countries around the world that would surround them with your prayers, surround them with your support. And Lord, may you protect the people even today. May you do a mighty miracle today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Come on, church. Let's make a, let's make a difference. Amen. So let's make a difference. Hey, I, I want to just take, I want to take uh, about 15 minutes and uh, might be the quickest, shortest message you have ever heard me preach. I'm going to need the grace of God to do it. So just say, help him, Lord. Help, help him, Lord. <laughs> now, now put your hand on yourself and say, help me, Lord. Right? Help me, Lord. Right. So good. I want to talk for just a few minutes with the short amount of time. I'm going to leave you with some some thoughts uh, 
in regards to open heavens. Open heavens partner with vision. It works together. And I love the story of Jacob um, seeing a vision. Pastor Joel referred to it last week of a ladder from heaven to earth. And he saw angels ascending and descending. Great picture. Great vision. And in Genesis 28, 11, it said that he came to a certain place and he spent the night there because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of the place, put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he had a dream and behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. I mean, what an amazing picture. So, so God speaks to Jacob and he reveals a dream Really, this was all part of the dream that God had to bless all the families of the earth uh, through him. And then in Genesis 28, 16, and said, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. How many of you have had like dreams where you were glad that you woke up? I've had dreams where I'm like falling and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, oh, I gotta wake myself up. Anybody had that happen? Yeah. I, I'm sure that I have the ability. I've had dreams where I, the worst dreams, can I just say it? Worst dreams is you're out in public somewhere and you realize you don't have any clothes on. Those are nightmares. And I'm so glad when I wake up, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That would have been really awkward. But here's Jacob, and he gets this picture because this isn't really. This isn't like, a, this, this is God's dream for the earth actually being released through and into Jacob so he understands what's, what's ahead of him. And he says in verse 17, he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? Now this is important. This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. This is the house of God and it's a gate. It's a gate. It's a, it's a portal. It's what Jesus actually said he was going to work through. It's the only thing in the Bible that Jesus said he's building. Jesus didn't say he's building this personal, it's just me and Jesus thing. He said, I will build my church. I will build my community. And you will know that we are believers by our love for one another. There's a, there's a mark, there's a brand. But it says this, so Jacob rose early in the morning in verse 18, took the stone that he had put under his head, which I don't get that. Mm. And set it up as a pillar and poured oil on its top. Signify, really, it's, it's a prophetic picture of the Holy Spirit coming down on the house of God. And he called the name of that place Bethel. However, previously the name of the city had been Luz. It, listen, when God encounters you, many times there's a name change. Something shifts in the natural and the spiritual. And what happens is he wakes up with a revelation of God's desire to touch the earth. Okay, so this is, this is pretty amazing because Jacob declared, surely God must be in this place. He sets the rock on where his head had laid, declares it Bethel, which is translated house of God. And it's an amazing picture of the church as a gate, a portal, and the constant intention of God to touch the earth, interact with the earth with open heavens. That's where the revelation of just, some people, they just don't have a revelation of what this is. They're thinking, well, you know, my mom wants me to go, so I'll go. 
or I probably should go, you know, because if I don't, I just what you're supposed to do. They don't realize that actually what God wants to do with the church, it's a gateway. It's a portal. It's what God wants to work through. That's why there's so much tension and so much attack and so much fragmentation. And that's why there's so much division at times is because the enemy recognizes, wow, that's the vehicle that Jesus is building. Let's see if we can take it out. The Bible says this in Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision. Somebody say vision. The people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. So my first point this morning is we need vision. The Bible says that we perish without it, that we become unrestrained, we become lawless. Think of this if, if, you're a, if, if you're a parent. If you don't have some structure and some vision for your children, guess what? They're just kind of unrestrained. They just, this is a wild child, right? So it speaks of vision being structural. It also speaks of it setting up boundaries, both spiritual and natural. What father, what good father doesn't have any vision for his children? Unfortunately, we don't understand that responsibility, okay? And, and sometimes young people don't understand the demands on them for education and, and discipline and stewardship are all preparation for the vision ahead of them. I mean, a lot of times what you're going through right now is, is that, yeah, living in the present, but understand you're being equipped for the future. And there's times when young people, they don't get it, and their parents have to have a vision for them. I don't know how many times I've talked to my sons and said, you remember that time that I kind of, you know, made you do this? And I'm like, yeah, that was terrible, but I get why you did it now. Thank you for doing that. Because you have to have vision for them. I mean, think about this. Their brains aren't like totally formed yet, right? I mean, that's what science says, right? So it's like, okay, I'm going to help, help you here. It's kind of a joke. It's all right. It's kind of true, though, actually. The next point is this, is that, is that God desires to give us vision. We see at times in past scripture like this in 1 Samuel 3.1. It says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli, and the word from the Lord was rare in those days. And vision, visions were infrequent. But then you see Scripture in, like this in Joel, which is repeated by Peter in Acts 2, in Joel 2.28. And it will come after this that I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. So we recognize that this is the intent, this was the prophetic declaration in the book of Joel that actually came to pass and is continuing in Acts chapter 2. And that desire of God is actually to pour out visions and dreams, directions and plans, and we're to receive them. So, so that's my next point. You have to be in a position to receive you know, it's like being an athlete, man. Somebody, you can have the greatest quarterback, but if that wide receiver doesn't get himself in a position to receive the ball, right? You got to be, life is about position. It says in Habakkuk 2, 1 through 2, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. And I will keep, so it's, he's talking about, I'm, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to station myself here and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I'm reproved. He was even willing to say, okay, God, correct me. That's a hard thing for us to say, isn't it? 
I, and mo- most of us don't go around and say, yeah, go ahead and God correct me. We want to correct everybody else, right? But we don't want God to correct us. So I believe that if God desires to pour out vision, which we see in the, in the Scripture, then the devil also has a counterfeit vision. We're flooded by images and ideas that will affect our future and have no godly source. The world superimposes a very ungodly vision, hoping to cast a future for you that does not honor love or even include God in it. And a right relationship with God, it's not, it's not this mystery. It's not a mystery. Because I'm in relationship with my children, with my grandchildren. There's a relationship there that I can actually speak into their life. And I, I love to do that. Right relationship with God will lead to right vision. Because that's the character of God is to pour out. Man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. Steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. When you're walking in that right relationship with God, there's a, there's a confidence, not in yourself, but you really, I, I, I'm being led, I'm being guided, I can look back, I can see where God ordained my steps, and you walk forward into a future without fear, without anxiety, because you realize God's got this. And the only reason that you you, you, you walk in that is because you position yourself and you walk in relationship where, where God can actually say, hey, I want to whisper something to you. Hey, let's, let's not go there right now. You know, let's, let's not have that attitude. Let's not have that, that hurtful thing happen. You know, there's things here. And, and, and all of these things affect our ability to hear. And hearing God is the biggest challenge. And it's not His problem. It's our problem. We, we get distracted, Okay. And then here's the thing that probably is the dearest to my heart, is people are the vision. People are the vision. If your vision doesn't include people, it's probably not God's vision. And here's the thing, I've said this for years, my staff's heard it, vision is messy because people are messy. And if you don't have messy people, you're probably not walking in godly vision. If you're not having some cleanup on aisle five every once in a while, you're probably not. It's not about people. Listen, I love people and I love messy people. I love messy people sometimes more than I love the pretend perfect people. Because at least they're, it's all there. You know, and I say, hey, stop. You know, don't talk like that. Well, I'll do that. Let's, let, let, let me walk with you a little bit more. Let me lead some things. But we have to understand that people are the vision. Amen? And vision requires provision. 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 If you're going to be vision, you got to be provision. And sometimes it, it, it looks like this. It looks like, man, we got a waiting list for kids. we got moms that are crying because they can't get their kids in. That needs provision. And listen, there's a lot of things that you can build in life that aren't going to be eternal. But there's a lot of things you can build in life here that actually will be an eternal reward. That might be some of what God's tapping you on. There might be somebody here that says, hey, I'm going to help build a gym. I'm going to help build some classrooms. 
You know, because I want those kids that they want to come and need to, I want them to be here. It's going to impact generations in their life. That's provision, and that requires sacrifice. Sometimes we have a glorified idea of what vision is. We know we need it. We get excited about it. Then we realize that it takes sacrifice. It takes work. There's times when my wife will come to me and she say, you know, I just think we should redo our whole kitchen. She's got a vision. And I'm going, oh my goodness. Because I realize the work. I see the work. And sometimes when I look at the work before I see the vision, then I won't do the vision. I can't do that. I got to go. If that's the vision, we're going to do this. We're going to build something. We, 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 we realize it needs, it takes sacrifice. It takes hard work. Noah was given a vision of an ark so people wouldn't perish. Scholars believe somewhere between 90 and 120 years, he's building this thing that there didn't seem to be any reason for it. It didn't even make sense. Can you imagine being in his neighborhood with some of the covenants and COAs that are happening? What are you building? What's that thing in your driveway? I don't think it meets code. What's it for? It's a boat. What is a boat? Sometimes you got to build stuff. Sometimes you got to look at stuff before people even understand what it's all about. Sometimes you got to protect it. Here's what I've learned. Sometimes I'll have a dream and I realize I need to be careful with that dream because if I put it out there too quick, somebody's going to come and just slice it apart and I'll get discouraged. I love it. New children's programs, youth, men, women, family, recovery. Life without vision is messy. Can I have our worship team come up? We've got a few minutes and I want to just declare some things and believe some things this morning. Life without biblical vision is messy because it has to do with people not perishing. It takes hard work. It takes provision. It takes sacrifice. Yet it's worth it because of people. And because of its coming from the heart of God and for the sake of people. Listen, biblical vision is not something that God needs for Himself. Biblical vision is something that God gives for people. It gives for us. And the redemptive, you know, the vision of God that, that where He gave His Son Jesus was that so none may perish, but all have everlasting life. Now, here, here's, one, here's where I want to go this morning. Um, just a little bit of a, before we get into ministry time, um, if this is our vision Sunday, we've got some handouts. If you're a member, you know, just kind of shows you some of the stuff. And we so appreciate you giving and partnering with the house. I mean, it's so important. We couldn't do what we do without you. Plus, it'd be really boring to try to do it without you. Because God, what God is doing is very exciting. Also, I, I want to do this. You, you guys have seen us do this before. This is what we would call an open, open Bible offering. This is the Ukraine offering right here. We're just going to put it over here. And as we, as we transition, close the service, just come up and, and, and bless and sow into the Ukraine. But I want you to hear something. In Psalm 126.1, this just really struck me as we were praying or just worshiping 
Man, worship was just so amazing. The presence of God. And Psalm 126, 1 says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. And I recognized there are a lot of people here this morning that I think you've stopped dreaming. I think there's too many people that you're just kind of in survival mode. And there was times when inspiration would touch you and you would think about the things of God and you would think about things in your family and you would, you would just, you'd look at your kids and you have wonderful, and, and the enemy comes in and he just like, there's been a captivity of your thoughts. Maybe there's been a captivity of addiction. Maybe there's been a, a, a captivity of anxiety, captivity of fear. You're, you're afraid to move forward because of what just has happened. And I believe that God wants to set us free today. We're not created to walk in fear. We're not created to walk in anxiety. We're not created to walk in loneliness. We're not created to walk in depression. We're not created to walk in addiction. We're not created to walk in any other way than what God has designed for us to walk. And I believe there's a freedom today. Some of you have been caved up, jacked up, backed up. And the enemy wants to actually release something in your heart, in your spirit, and your thinking today. I, that, that's the sense that I got as I was praying. And I knew I wouldn't have a lot of time this morning. So I, I don't want you to just like, wait, wait, wait. I want you to respond. Here's what I want to do first. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here this morning and you sense the presence of God, but you never surrendered and opened the door of your heart to this Jesus, we always want to give you the opportunity to say, I, I, I'm in. Pastor, I'm in. This, I, I, I'm in. My, my heart's open. I believe I'm in. I need a Savior. You realize there is one. That he is what he's done, what you could never do. He's be, you become the you become when you walk in Jesus, you become the righteousness of God because you're in Christ. And if today's a day and you're saying, Pastor, I, I need that today, I want right where you're sitting, I want you to just wave your hand at me. Say, Today's my day. I want to give my life to this Jesus.